We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 1,287 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. How are you doing today, Bruce? Well, healthy and alive, as usual. How about yourself? Well, um, the uh, the hammering has slowly subsided, and they're now in the um, the home stretches of finishing up uh, the construction work that uh, I'm having done on the outside of the house. So it's it's like there's still a little hammering. You know, they got to do a couple of things here and there. But other than that, it's more or less they're on the uh, uh, the finishing touches. Uh, they'll be out of here by the middle of next week. So uh, hopefully Marty and I will be back to our regular scheduled time uh, to do recordings. Also, another piece of good news. Uh, my Internet seems to have sorted itself out. Uh, we were having some problems with that for quite a few days uh, and they seem to have fixed it and all is good now. So other than that, man, I'm doing I'm doing fine. Thank you for asking. Uh, it's been a crazy few days in the news, but we will get to that in just a second. Before we get started, you know, we took a big risk starting all this uh, a few years ago. We were just kind of um, we were sitting around. And we were thinking, you know what, we've got to do something. And we didn't exactly know what to do to to reach the people that we wanted to reach. And then it dawned on us. Let's get into podcasting. There's a little bit of a problem with that. We're not backed by corporate dollars and we don't push fake agendas that make Make everyone hate each other. We don't follow along with that agenda, so therefore we have to do something different. So if you're interested in supporting the work that we do, we do offer additional features with our now active subscription service. Benefits include access to our instant messaging platform for direct communication to us, along with early access to upcoming and sometimes unpublished podcasts, as well as exclusive access to our behind-the-scenes uncensored prep sessions where we talk about things that sometimes don't make it to the final product that you're hearing now. If you want to take part in this fight with us, if you want to support a team that is willing to do the the real research and not give you fake nonsense for talking points. If you want to say screw you to the mainstream media like CNN, Fox News, BBC, Sky News, and MSNBC, then the link is in the program description down below where you can come on board with us and you can take advantage of these benefits that we're offering to you. And by doing so, you will also support our work and our research and keep us going. And together we can take the fight to the doorsteps of these frauds. I'm so sick of these people on the television and in the newspapers and these talking heads on the international stage. So let's take the fight to their doorstep. For less than a price of a cup of coffee per month, together we can take action as subscriptions start at just $5 per month. Where would you like to start today, Bruce? Uh, well, um, what's been kind of, uh, I don't know, I'd say on my mind, but it's not really on my mind. Just the whole... The whole election, just just that whole cycle and how not the election, really. You got to go I, there. I, I just, I, I, all things I don't want to talk about. <laughs> I, I you want to talk about the I election. I disagree. The 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 one thing I want to get out on the election that I I just want to touch on this. Um, I, probably again because I think I I said almost the same thing last time. I'm just so sick of hearing about um Donald Trump or uh the right. Uh, supporting Donald Trump. I get it. He's helped some people find their testicles. I get it. Um, you guys are finding your backbones. That's good. Now you need to find a candidate that supports your policies, your uh, belief systems, not Donald Trump. If you're, if you're out there still supporting Donald Trump, good on you. That's your choice. But uh, I, I, I hesitate 
I, I will not. I will not personally. I, I just can't. I'm, I'm tired of hearing about him. It, it, like he was just out there. OK, if you took all the other stuff that he did off the table, if the only thing on the table now, like none of the other stuff that he did, the, the covid stuff, any of that, like any of that, you just took all of that off the table. And the only rhetoric that you put forward is what he said on uh, Megyn Kelly's program when when she interviewed him. And it was simply that uh, it was proposed that. Will you, I think it was Megyn Kelly's show actually where he said this, but anyway, she gave him a slam dunk. This was a slam dunk. She just simply asked if they put some kind of abortion ban on your table, on, on your desk, would you sign it? And he fumbles the ball. He literally turned around and shot the ball into the opposing team's goal at that point. It, it was, it was it just, it was maddening. Well, I didn't watch. Maddening. Yeah, I didn't watch the interview, but I saw I saw excerpts of it. You know how they put like all the different clips and everything like that up. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did see some of those, and I I was not impressed whatsoever. I I was not. He still is taking credit for this this uh, COVID jab, uh, and I'm sorry. I just no. I I will not. I will not get on board with that. I will not. He still gets booed at these events when he talks about that. So I I will As not take part in that. And and more than that. Man, I am disgusted by these turning point events. I can't stand to look at that stuff. That is that is milk toast. That's high school pep rally. That's that's gossip is what that is. That's show business. That is a fraud is what that is. And I want no part of that. That is a waste of time. That is a waste of energy. That is a waste of money that can be used and channeled into real change and recognition in our country and we're wasting it we're squandering it uh the the the, the other point or, or kind of thing um that i touch on and then i'm done with the election stuff i i just want to remind people that uh the gop if you're a conservative type and you vote gop or you're looking at voting gop first of all i recommend this is even if you're a democrat this recommendation know who you're voting for like, know, know those people. If you're going to sign your name to that, you need to know what that candidate supports because that makes you culpable. Anything that, that that candidate does, once you vote for them, whatever they do, if you continue to support that can candidate, you don't take proper action after they've made a poor decision or whatever to impeach them or what have you. Um, you're, everything they do is equivalent of being on your hands. You're, you're, well, you're, you're an asset into that. So with that in mind, when you have a candidate or a politician or a talking head of any kind that says this will change the GOP or we will restructure the government or we will change uh, without actually giving a good plan on how to do that, that makes sense, that's doable, uh, doable in this climate, um, they're just grifters. You, 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 they're just grifters. I heard um, Ramaswamy say here, I don't know, a couple days ago, maybe in an interview that he was basically saying that we're seeing real changes in the GOP and it's it's changing for the better. No, we are not seeing changes in the GOP. You're seeing maybe a changing of the guard. Uh, we may be getting rid of like Mitch McConnell, Mitt Romney, you know, those kinds of rhinos. Um, they're going to be replaced by another empty suit that is going to be just as corrupt and just as much of a problem. There is no change that's happening. If you want change, you have to gut the entire system. So if anybody is saying we're going to change the system without completely gutting it, without shutting down the government, and I mean literal shutdowns, then no, it, the, nothing's nothing's changing. Nothing has changed. No, nothing has changed and nothing will change because you've still got that same old guard that's behind everything within the party structure. So no, you're not going to have any changes whatsoever. So let's get into the uh, the auto worker strike. I did want to talk about this. We, we kind of discussed this a little bit in prep, uh, and I do have some audio of... Someone that showed up in support and standing in solidarity with them uh, just a just a couple of days ago. I've got some of that. Bruce, you're already shaking your head. You haven't even you haven't even let me lead up to it yet, right? So let's talk about what yeah. the unions want, right? So we're already past the fact that the big three have been ordered by the U.S. Treasury Department to build electric vehicles. Okay, so that right there is a loser in and of itself. So mm -hmm. those aren't going to work. But guess what? The auto unions are striking anyway. Because, well, they've got some demands. Let's see what the demands of Ford General Motors and uh, Stellantis or whatever the, the Ford or, yeah, the Fiat Chrysler uh, merger, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, 
Okay, so this is what they're asking for. Demands from the union have included a 40% hourly pay increase, which, by the way, to put that into perspective, they mean they want a $100 per hour minimum wage for an auto worker. $100 an hour is what they're asking for. You thought 15 an hour was bad for somebody flipping burgers? No, these people want $100 an hour. Oh, and it gets better. They want a reduced 32-hour work week or... You could put it into this perspective. They want four-day work weeks instead of five, right? They get their weekends off. They want to shift back to traditional pensions. Can't really argue with that because people should be in control of their own pensions. I'm not going to argue with that one. The government has no business being in your business of your, your retirement, nor does a company. That's your responsibility as far as I'm concerned. Now, if a company wants to say, okay, because you're working with us, and you have a, a pension set up for yourself as a, a token of our gratitude will match whatever you put in up to 5%. Okay, I'm fine with that. But the ultimate control of that should lie with the person who has the account, not the company. They shouldn't put restrictions on when you can draw on it. And the government should not penalize you if you want to withdraw early from it. That's where I stand on it. You know, maybe the government I'm, shouldn't be involved. No, in they shouldn't be involved in at all. No, absolutely yeah. not. They want the elimination of compensation tiers, and they want a restoration of cost of living adjustments. That's what the $100 an hour is all about. Other items on the table include enhanced retiree benefits and better vacation and family leave benefits. So let's start with that, and then we'll get to the um, uh, the standing and solidarity um, portion of it. So $100 an hour, where do you want to start with that? Because you were already shaking your head at that one. Mm. Yeah, so the reason I was shaking my head at that one is... Um it's in combination with the 32 hour. So basically you want to be a part-time worker that's making a hundred dollars an hour, but you want all the benefits of a full-time worker uh, plus is basically what they're, they're calling for here. The company, the car companies are already on the verge of collapse. This, this just felt like, and looks like it's um, the government and the union are working together to collapse car companies. That's all it looks like uh, to me. So uh, well, they'll collapse it, anyway. It, it, with with Agenda 2030 yeah. and, the, and the electric vehicles and these carbon neutral net zero goals, climate goals or whatever, that's going to collapse yeah. anyway. No, that's not going to work. Yeah, exactly. But uh, if, if you, you take that out of the picture and you're looking at it from just a logical standpoint, um, I, I'm sorry, uh, are they are they selling enough cars to make enough revenue to increase people's? Oh, that, that that's right. You can't even it, the average American can barely afford a used car let alone a new car that's just rolled off the factory lot that no um God, it, this is so absurd to increase it 40 percent no i get it i get it um there has been basically a, a, a wages has been gone they're stagnant they, they, they haven't gone up over the years i get it they, they, they should be a, a lot higher than it is well, we shouldn't have the inflation the way it is either. The the, no. the way that the economy has been run and mismanaged and the way that the financial system has been absolutely obliterated over the last 20 years is absurd in and of itself. So there is that. So it shouldn't. I, I agree yeah. with you. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. But what I'm saying is, is that we shouldn't be put in that position to begin with. I, I agree. I totally agree. We, we should not be here at all in the first place. But that's also partly because we got off of the uh, gold standard and then just started printing money for j just because now we're into printing money. God, this is so this is so I cannot think of any other word but retarded. And I know that's a cancelable word today, but this is just so what they're doing now is before we would print money and then you would have countries would buy bonds or companies or what have you, right? They would buy bonds and then, you know, whether depending on what the bond was, how the, the um, duration, it would be a certain yield that it would provide, you know, percentage, you know, it might be like 1.2% or something like that. So they'd pay you 1.2% interest based on how long it was, you know, up to 10 years or something, however long it is. Okay. Now, the problem is now the bonds nobody's buying them. No company, no country, nobody's buying them except for the federal government or excuse me, the federal reserve, not the federal government. Yeah, the federal the Fed, reserve is going buying. in, <laughs> buying their own bond and then printing bogus money. So the whole reason that inflation is starting to really ramp up now and it's going to continue getting worse is they're literally printing money with no, nothing backing it. There's it's nothing backing this money. 
from their standpoint, it's a good scheme if you think about it. Not, I mean, not from from the taxpayer standpoint, the citizen standpoint, because you're the one that gets stuck with all the the inflation that comes with it, right? They're going to pass that yeah. off onto you. They create yeah. the debt. No one buys that debt because that's what Bruce is sitting here talking about. Is is you have people that buy those debts from other countries or companies or whatever, and we call those bonds. We don't call it debt. We call them bonds. You notice they don't say, oh, we had a debt sale. No, we had a bond sale. Oh, we had a debt auction. No, we had a bond auction. They're not saying, yeah. they don't want to say, well, we've got a whole bunch of debt we're trying to sell to some other country. No, they don't say that. So they create the debt. They print the note for that debt, i.e. the bond. No one buys it because nobody wants to buy bad debt. And then the same people that printed that then come in, buy it. That causes inflation, and they pass that off on to you. How is that legal? These people should be hung. I, I, I don't disagree. And then that opens the door for unions that are controlled by Soviets to then collapse our economic system, or at least attempt it. Yeah, I'm going to stop calling them communists, by the way, or Marxists or any of those. I'm just going to call them Soviets. I, I think that's a better, more fitting term, don't just you? Call I think them that's Soviets. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I do have, yeah, I do have an interesting thing to show you. But before we before we get to that, I didn't show you this in prep. Before we get to that, I want to get to uh, somebody who wanted to stand in solidarity, a senator, a senator in good standing, right, wanted to, to show their solidarity with the uh, United Auto Workers. And that was he drove, he drove from Pennsylvania, his state that he represents. He Bruce, he drove, there's video of it. He drove. People in the comment section were saying, should you even be operating a motor vehicle? <laughs> senator John Fetterman drove supposedly, from Pennsylvania over to Detroit, Michigan to stand with the auto workers. This is what he had to say when he was standing out there alongside the road. See if you can catch all this. My message to the, the, CEOs, the CEOs is, you know, at $74 million, you know, collectively earning that, you know, how many yachts can they need, you know, you know to, to, yacht, to water uh, ski behind it? You know, I mean, it's just crazy. You know, I don't know. How many of those do you, you need to you know, to, you know, to, to, to get behind it, what, what, to water, you know, to, to ski behind it. How, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I have no translation. Uh, I, I don't, I, you could probably hear the sizzling sound and smoke coming out of my ears as I'm trying to, to parse what he just said there. I, I cannot, I cannot. Um, I, I, yeah, our government is, it's changing guys. We got this in the bag, man. We're totally changing this. You can have me stammering now at, at this point just listening to him i'm i'm let's, sitting here going just, let's just i don't, I don't even I, I, god just i, I feel on. sorry for that guy let's just i just on. feel sorry for him yeah, i do too he doesn't belong in there he he legitimately no. does not belong in there no um, he doesn't i wanted to show you this this is a um we're going to transition here to um to to some other agendas that now this all ties together okay so i wanted to transition actually you know what i'm not i'm not going to do that yet i'm because i have a surprise for you towards the end do not let me forget okay so just keep that in the in the back of your mind there. I have a surprise for you to end with. Uh, and this will be part of that surprise. OK, so we'll we'll just we'll hold that uh, until then. So climate change, because all this is about climate change, right? You know, the auto workers, right? They have to hit net zero targets. And Bruce, did you know that they're going to start limiting at the gas stations, the petrol stations, the filling stations, whatever you call them? They're going to start limiting what credit cards they will accept because is that company going to be sustainable, ecologically sustainable? You know, the, the carbon footprint that those credit card companies have, you know, you just... Mm. You don't want to be doing business with with those companies that are are not ESG compliant. So you see, they're going to start limiting how much fuel you can purchase and what card you can actually use. Um, how is this exactly legal? Well, how's any of it legal? They're just doing it, right? They're doing it under the That's, guise of yeah. climate change, of climate change. In fact, the Biden administration have announced today that they are unveiling a massive government work program to fight global warming. Hmm. The Biden administration is going to create, this is on the, I got this from the White House's own page. Uh, Bruce, you can see right here, right? I'm not making this up. This is whitehouse.gov. American Climate Corps yeah. is what they have created. President Biden is announcing a new initiative to train young people in high demand skills for jobs 
in the clean energy economy. The American Climate Corps will put a new generation of Americans to work conserving our lands and waters, bolstering community resilience, advancing environmental justice, deploying clean energy, implementing energy efficient technologies, and tackling climate change. American Climate Corps members will gain the skills necessary to access good paying jobs, of course they never tell you what those are, that are aligned with high quality employment opportunities after they complete their paid training services program, meaning they're going to go right into into the bureaucracy, basically, uh, is what they're going to do. So yeah, you can yeah. sign, you see Bruce, the, right here on the White House website, you can sign up right here. Yeah, you see that? You can tick all the boxes here of everything that you're actually interested in. So you see how wonderful that is? See how great that is? This is what they yeah, tried to do yeah. under Obama. They tried to start this under Obama. But please go ahead. My concern with this is, is this going to be the group that's going to go around kicking in people's doors because climate change is so bad? So we have to remove things like your gas stove or in my case, gas fireplace. Um, you know, it, it's not a gas fireplace. It's a wood fireplace, but it uses gas to ignite it, right? You, you start it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't like it. I don't like the government creating a new entity. I don't like uh, the government hiring more people. I don't like it. And it's just, it, it just stinks. And then you're going after climate change after we just got done talking about uh, they're going to dictate what you can and can't buy. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I want to know. This is actually legitimately. This is something I want to know. Who's they? I know. I, I know. Marty's kind of pointed that what out. Do you mean because, they? Uh, well, the people that are oh, behind. I want to know. Mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm glad I, you I asked. I want to know the people I'm behind it because I'm glad you asked because I have an yeah. answer for you. Right. We're all well, about solutions me, here. But yeah, go on. Go on. I'll, I'll, I'll build up to it real quick because I want to point out that um, the bumbling buffoons we have in Congress. Uh, the president, that God, the, the president and his stumblings and ramblings, as we just watched, Fetterman, Glitch McConnell. I mean, uh, Nancy Pelosi, who's drunk all the time. Uh, how how are these people the ones that are creating these kinds of policies or uh, that are that are dictating these uh, grandiose schemes to better the environment or or you know make your lives more. Well, miserable, but really, they don't say miserable. They say uh, affordable or uh, what have you, better lives. How is it, the listener, this is, this, this is a question for you. How is it that it's our government that's doing this? It, it, it makes no sense. They're, they're no, it bumbling baboons. They're, they're, just, they're stupid. They're just, they're just stupid. They are. They're blithering idiots. And you might be asking, well, how are they behind it all? Well, you know, part of this part of this answer, and I'm not going to give too much of this way, part of this answer is going to come next week when I sit down with Melissa from Cutting Through the Matrix. We're going to talk about a guy named Maurice Strong. Now, Maurice Strong is an individual that started this ball rolling here in the West via the United Nations and the Earth Summit in Rio de Janeiro in 1992 is when it started, at least officially through the UN here in the West, this whole climate thing. Maurice Strong was involved in a lot of lucrative business deals across the United States. And well, you know, he was a friend of China. He was a real friend. In fact, when he died, he's buried next to Chairman Mao himself. You couldn't make this stuff up. Following the Earth Summit, the, the Rio Climate Summit in 1992, you had who was then House member Nancy Pelosi in 1992 saying this, Financial Leadership Act, as this is known, presents us with an opportunity to follow up on the important work of the Earth Summit to develop its blueprint, Agenda 21, for envir global environmental action. HCON Res 353 outlines a comprehensive national strategy for sustainable development in accordance with the principles of Agenda 21 to be coordinated under the leadership of a specific office and at the direction of a high-level government official. The resolution also urges the United States to identify and initiate further agreements to protect the global environment and to support the creation of a high-level United Nations Sustainable Development Commission headed by an Undersecretary General. Third and lastly, the President is urged to report to Congress on the progress made on the uh, with this action. Yes. HCON Res 353 is supported by the administration. I have been in contact with the appropriate offices of the State Department and have incorporated their suggestions into the resolution. 
The 71 co-sponsors uh, of this measure include one half the members of the Foreign Affairs Committee and all of the uh, House delegates to the Earth Summit. It is also supported by the major United States non-governmental organizations uh, concerned course. with the environmental issues. Mm -hmm. The Earth Summit pre uh, presented world leaders with an opportunity that should not be lost. We must now embark on a new course that will sustain our planet and its resources for the benefit of future generations. This resolution calls on the United States to assert its leadership to achieve this goal. I urge my colleagues to support this resolution. Thanks again to the members of the... Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Nancy. What do you think of that? Yeah, 19... Now, she's reading from a script, obviously. This is the yeah. time when Bill yeah. Clinton was in office and they had the uh, deal with the you know, Russians, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's uh, but I'm I'm going somewhere with all of this. But yeah, you probably have never heard that clip before. And I challenge anybody to mm -hmm. go and find that clip on another podcast somewhere. You won't find it, nor will you find what I'm about to present here. But go ahead. Uh, the first thing I noticed was um, uh, I, I first seen that video and I was watching that. I'm like, OK, I recognize the voice. The individual looks somewhat familiar. Holy cow. Has she like her age has not done her well. Age no. has not done her well at all. Um, time has kicked her in the teeth and those, um, skin stretches she's had and injections, they have not done any, any, anything for her. Oof. Uh, anyway, well, and alcohol probably didn't help her much. None, uh, in, no, in not at all. either. Well, you did say uh, time's but, kicked her in the teeth. She does have those, yeah. those good dentures now. That that's true. She does actually have a better, well, I, I can't say that they're better fitting. I know they're new, but she at least used some of that adhesive. Uh, whatever you know to, to keep them the in. Polydent. So yeah, 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 yeah the yeah, good yeah. polydent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. So Bruce, I, you asked. Yeah, go on. Go ahead. No, I, that that's all I had to say on that. As far as the policy and everything, um, that's interesting. Am, am that's I interesting. You, you interesting. Said, yeah, it's interesting. You said that you you weren't going to call them communists anymore. You were going to call them Soviets, right? Well, okay. That, I mean, obviously, that's we call them that because that's where the first successful communist revolution came from. Was that what would become later the Soviet Union? Obviously, so Soviet's actually just a Russian word for the word council. More or less, it was just council union kind of thing. What do you think you have in the EU today? So let's go back and let's look at what this was meant to do. Okay, so you had the Rio Climate Summit. Well, let's go back further than that, right? Because that's that's what you had that sprouted here in the West. Well, how did it get there? To begin with, because you can sit there and you can say, well, uh, when you say they, you can blame what I just played. You can blame Nancy Pelosi. You can blame Joe Biden and Obama and and Bush and any of these other people. Right. You can blame They're all puppets. these people. They're puppets. Exactly. They're just stooges. They're idiots. You can blame these corporate heads. That's fine. They're meant to be blamed. I will get to the Klaus Schwab connection with the corporations in just a minute. But I want to get to this first because this precedes that. So. What is all of this about? If you're a communist revolutionary, okay? If you're if you're a a Marxist Leninist revolutionary, your main goal is to do what? I mean, I'm talking about fundamental foundations of your ideology. That is to destroy capitalism at all costs. Correct? Yeah, That's what destroy you're, your opponents. Absolutely. Yep, yeah, you smash mm -hmm. them, right? You smash yeah. them into into oblivion. Well, let's look at the narrative of the Communist Party Soviet Union from back in the day. Okay, let's look at both the BLM agendas and the social justice warrior or the climate change people. Right. Let's look at all these together succinctly. Okay, let's look at all of them and the uh, the climate change alarmists and everything else. Well, what does this do? All of this is to blame capitalism, isn't it? Right. You shut down everything. You shut down all the businesses in the name of saving the earth. You're blaming capitalism for all the world's problems, especially when all these problems are fake or exaggerated. All this stuff. Of course, there's your pretext. There's your merging of ideologies right there. Now you say, well, wait a minute. That could just be a coincidence. It could be a coincidence. OK, or or let's go another way with it. It could be a plan. It could be a long range plan. Bruce, I've spent a lot of time in books, as you know, right? I've, I do a lot of research around here. Do you know what this book is? Of course you do, right? I'm holding yeah, it up right now. New Lies for Old. Yeah, new yeah. Lies for Old, Anatoly Galicia. Mm -hmm. And this is available on Amazon. It's um, about 20 bucks or something like that. It's a reprint, but it's a, it's a copy of the original that was printed in 1984, okay? 1984. The Soviet Union was still intact, officially. The Berlin Wall was still up in 1984. In this book, Galitzin talks about a long-range policy set forth in the 1950s, the late 1950s. 
And the idea was, is that they were going to formulate a long range strategy to take us down. Well, there were several different aspects of this long range strategy. I'm not going to get into all of them because as you can see, Bruce, there is a hefty list right there of everything that's involved in this uh, long-range strategy. And I encourage people to go and read the book. I want people to go and read the book. New Lies for Old, Anatoly Galitsyn, Amazon, $20, euros, pounds, whatever. It's worth the price. Or if you don't want to pay for it, you can go to archive.org on the internet if you have a tablet or a Kindle, and you can download it for free. It's there. And it's the same. I have both copies. I have both digital and hard copy. I've looked through both of them. I've read both of them. There are no discrepancies. So something very interesting. I had to go back and I had to pull this. On page 95 of New Lies for Old, Bruce, I'm reading directly from the book. Okay, page 95. Printed and published and distributed in 1984. That was before 1992, right? That was before 2023, right? Yeah, pretty sure it is. In evaluating scientific and technical information reaching the West, right? Because they're disinformation policies that they feed us, okay? So in specifically, they're targeting our scientific and technical information that we are to receive. As in, they're going to put forth people to influence our way of thinking so we change our agendas to what they want us to change to. This is called active measures, or in another word, they call it maskarovka or deception. In evaluating scientific and technical information reaching the West, due regard should be paid to the fact that Alexander Schleppen, who was the head of the KGB, in his May 1959 report and articles for the KGB staff, called for the preparation of disinformation operations designed to confuse and disorientate Western scientific, technological, and military programs to bring about changes in Western priorities, and to involve the West in costly, wasteful, and ineffective lines of research and development. Therefore, it is to be expected that information available in the West on Soviet space projects, which I believe that, that was a deception because they needed us to get our space program ahead of theirs so they could steal our technology and advance themselves, weapon systems, Military statistics and developments in science and technology will be found to contain an element of disinformation. Bruce, what's climate change? Uh, literally disinformation. Is it costly, wasteful, and ineffective lines of research and development? Yes. 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 100%. 110%. 150%. It is. So you ask, who are they? That's where we got it from that. Now, yeah. Now, continuing on that line, let's go down to... An individual that was promoted to us in early 1980, in the early 1980s. So the anthropogenic greenhouse gas theory, or <clears throat> runaway global warming, right? Soviet original. Yeah, I just read it to you. Page 95, New Lies for Old, published in 1984, was found to be published in the Soviet Union in 1959. 1959 is when it was decided that they were going to start feeding us that line of bull. 1982, a Soviet academian named Ivan Frolov, wrote in 1982, and I'm quoting, this was a journal that was read by our scientific and technological people in the West. I'm quoting from his 1982 essay, as a result of the formation of a layer of carbon dioxide around the earth, which encloses it like a glass cover, a threat of unfavorable changes in climate has arisen that may transform our blue planet into an enormous greenhouse with possible catastrophic effects. We took that hook, line, and both sinkers, and we ran with it. We have been running with it ever since. It took the, them less than 10 years to develop a policy called Agenda 21. Go ahead. The entire ecosystem is a greenhouse. That's literally what it's designed as. And yes, I said designed. It, it literally is a greenhouse. It's supposed to be. Like, it's, it's so frustrating. It, they, it's send so frustrating. Change, it, they send us change agents like that, is my point. And they yeah, get yeah. us to alter our paths. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what they did. Like, look at science in general. Every single type, form, whatever you want to call it, every every branch of science is is inundated with this BS of climate change. It's everywhere. You want to you want to talk about astronomy and, 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 you know, getting to the stars and space travel? Well, guess what? It has an underpinning of. Uh, well, because of our inability to blah, blah, blah about climate change, uh, because we're so pollutant and, and all this kind of stuff, we're destroying. No, see, <laughs> I agree. We are damaging our planet. 
as a as a race go and look at um you know some of the rivers in other countries that are literally just flowing plastic i mean we're, we're doing a lot of damage to our planet the thing is everything that we're making everything that we manufacture everything i i've not seen much research on this i've not seen anybody talking about this or or it, 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 nobody everything we manufacture comes from the planet it comes from Earth, right? The, the the petroleum products are all from crude oil, which came from the planet. Okay, where did that come from? How do you make crude oil? You take organic matter, you press it under the right temperature and pressure, and you create crude oil. That that that's basically that is a uh, very very um, dumbed down version of of how it works. But that that's the basic principle. Okay, so in other words. Tectonic plate movements, the shifting that's happening, you have some of the terrain is going back underground. So the organic matter that's on the surface is being brought back down. So everything that we're we're complaining about eventually is just going to go back into the earth again. It's going to get smashed by the 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 intense forces that are down there and the heat. And then guess what? We're going to have crude oil all over again. This whole idea that we're we're creating these things that are so damaging to the planet. No, we're not adding anything to the planet that wasn't there. Everything's been there. Like the the, the carbon levels have been over 100 times greater than they currently are. 100 times is a little high. It's like 60 times. But you, you get my point. It, it, it is. <laughs> this just infuriates me. And it, it's it's everywhere. And now this whole transgender nonsense that you know that we're supposed to do where did that come from is it that's another question of well, that is where did question, this whole i have an answer yeah, for that. <laughs> yeah. that's part of your surprise yeah. later okay you can't you okay. can't be jumping okay. ahead okay there. yeah okay yeah we won't jump ahead but i i it's just this also brought to mind okay these these false flag operations in the science world Mm-hmm. Brought up something, and I I, I want to get it out there before I forget about it. It's kind of a different subject, so... But Ray Epps, did you hear about that? Did you hear he's just got a misdemeanor charge? No, I did not hear that, but it does not surprise me. Yeah. So they're... And let they're, me guess, the FBI's never going, heard of him. Uh, no, no, they're, they're, they're going after Ray Epps now because right. there's plenty of footage to show that uh-huh. he has a misdemeanor. So they're they're charging him with like a misdemeanor charge of like... Uh, trespassing or, or okay, something so like that. Just, just so I understand, they're charging him with a misdemeanor, and another guy literally walks in to use the restroom and then gets escorted out by the police after using the restroom, went nowhere else, stayed within the velvet ropes, and got 17 years for it. Yes. Uh, Ray, this is this is literally, this is quite literally a fig leaf. This is... Wow. Um, I, well, actually, I, I say it's a fig leaf. I, I think it's, it's, it's a two-pronged attack. It's a fig leaf to to show quote unquote conservatives. See, look, we're actually going after uh, everybody that that was involved, e- even even our own. And then at the same time, this is a loose end. This guy's a loose end. They're covering up a loose end. They're getting rid of a loose end, if you will. That's all this is. Now, th- that doesn't mean he's going to go to prison. It means they're going to prosecute or or mm-hmm. um, go after people that were involved in this um, mm-hmm. on their side. Uh, that doesn't explain all the other people. Ray Epps is just the most well-known. There's other people, the, uh, uh, what do they call him? The, the um, scaffolding commander. They still don't know who that is. The The guy that was uh, cutting the barricades, uh, he was found to be a federal agent as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing's yeah. been talked about with them and nothing's going to be done about them uh, yeah. unless we continue raising it up. Anyway, yeah. all that to say, this is more, in my opinion, this is uh, something that, that stems from Yet again, the Soviets, uh, th- this whole false flag nonsense and this January 6th thing, it reeks of things that Soviets did back in the day. Uh, the false flag operations like <laughs> like the, the sugar story we've talked about. It reeks of that. You mean with the hexagen <sighs> and the, the magazines and yep. the wristwatch? <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, it, it is. Um, we're, we're living in a banana republic right now, I personally think. And I think because of the, some of the other stuff we were talking about. They're barring you from what you can buy and what you, uh, you know, with with your credit card. I think they don't care what our opinion is because the fix is in. They already have a solution to all of this and there's nothing you can do about it. I, I, I think that's in their minds. I, I, I think that's why the politicians don't care that we basically want them thrown out, tar and feathered. And in some cases, um, see the um, hangman's noose. They just don't care. 
because no. they're going to enslave you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, they're going to try at least. Okay, so to your point there about the, uh, the the businesses and things like that. Okay, so let's let's enter Klaus Schwab. So we've gone and we've done uh, a dive on on Klaus Schwab before, a deep dive on Klaus Schwab before his past, where he comes from, uh, and things like that. Now, Klaus Schwab, nearest we can tell, everything that we've dug up on this guy. Okay, and that's that was what we were able to to dig up. I mean, we had to go back. We we actually found. We found newspaper articles in French from Switzerland from like the 60s or something on this guy. And that that right there was hard enough to find. But all this other stuff. Now, his academic credentials, all that stuff checks out. You can put a few things together here. I'm just going by what we have that's confirmed. So let's look at Klaus Schwab's mentor, one of them anyway. OK, so that's Henry Kissinger, right? Professor Kissinger. He always, he's always talked about uh, Henry Kissinger and always spoke very highly of him and has him there as an honored guest at the World Economic Forum. And of course, that was one thing that they created together. And of course, they put Klaus Schwab in, in charge of it. Now, why did they put Klaus Schwab in charge of that? Klaus Schwab, per our research and everything that we've been able to find on this guy, he's literally collected a paycheck 36 months of his entire life. What on earth does that man know about business? Other than the fact that he inherited some shares from his father's company, who, by the way, uh, his father was the one that ran that company, the same company under the Third Reich to run their nuclear program. Klaus himself actually facilitated through the same company the delivery of nuclear weapons to the South African government under apartheid. And the Swiss government helped him cover it up. Right there, he's a criminal. Right there, he's already guilty to be dragged before the Hague of the International Criminal Court if it wasn't already owned by George Soros. So who is Klaus Schwab? Why is he so important? Ned was talking about him last week. Oh, he went to this big summit down there in, uh, in Asia. Why is he there giving a speech to all these heads of state? He's not a head of state. Why is he talking? Why is he even on the stage in Davos? Why is he down there bringing all of these corporate heads together and all these, these religious leaders and business people? He has no business speaking about business to these people because he doesn't know anything about business. He took a board seat. It's not even as though he, he actually worked a labor job on the floor as a foreman, a shop foreman or something through this company, which was a machine company, by the way, but they turned it into a technology company in 68 before they formed the European Management Symposium a few years later, which would later become what we know as the World Economic Forum today. So what's he doing there? He has as much business being there as Vladimir Putin does sitting on top of the Eastern Economic Forum, right? Have you seen the format of the Eastern Economic Forum? Probably not, because that's not purviewed to people here in the West. We're not allowed to see that. But if you look at it, just the format of it, it's the same thing. It's all the, the Eastern business people, all the Eastern religious people and the, the foundations and everything else, except it's not Klaus Schwab speaking up there. It's Vladimir Putin speaking up there. Now, I'm just, again, I'm just connecting some dots here. Now, there was a defector that came to us in... The 1960s. He was a triple agent. You can look him up. His name was Michael Golanevsky. He was a Polish, Soviet, British triple agent. When he was debriefed by the British, he fingered Henry Kissinger as a GRU operative. Who was Klaus Schwab's mentor? Henry Kissinger. Bruce, when Klaus gives a talk from his office, what is on that shelf behind him there? Can you see that? Yeah, Lenin. Lenin. A bust. A bust of Lenin, yeah. yeah. Well, well, no, yeah. Lenin's actually, he's sitting in Red Square in Moscow. His literal yeah, body's yeah. sitting in yeah. Red Square in Moscow. But anyway, okay, Lenin. Creepy. Yeah, creepy. So let's go back to Vladimir Putin. Okay, so you got Klaus Schwab there. Let's go back to Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin was brought in. He was a KGB colonel, right? Or an FSB colonel, whatever you want to call it. Same organization, different name, rebranding. They're in the same building. He was brought in as a young reformer, right? If you go back and you, you read about how he was brought up in the 90s. Oh, yeah, young reformer. Friend of Boris Yeltsin, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, go read Yuri Felchinsky's work and you'll see how much of a friend he was to him. But Vladimir Putin was brought in because he was to be able to help manage business, bring all the business people together. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like somebody else in Switzerland? He was brought in to manage all the business, bring all the business people together. No, 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 no. We're not looking at Klaus Schwab the way we need to be looking at Klaus Schwab in the World Economic Forum. He was brought in for the same reason that Putin was brought in. In my humble opinion, looking at the two situations separately, they line up exactly the same. 
Putin was brought in by the intelligence agency to sit over top of the businesses, not to manage them, but to control them. Klaus Schwab was brought in by Henry Kissinger, again, through Golanevsky, fingered him as a GRU operative, brought him up to control the businesses, not manage them, not grow them. We're not looking at the World Economic Forum the way we need to be looking at it. Those are not partners on those stages. Those are targets. Make no mistake about that. So we're not looking at things correctly. Bruce, you ask who they are. I'm naming names. I'm literally naming names. I'm sitting here telling you where all of this is coming from. I'm giving you the genesis of it. I, I challenge anybody listening to, to us right now, I challenge you to go out and find another podcast that's going to tell you exactly what we're telling you, where we're telling you to go to verify it for yourself so you can decide for yourself what you want to believe. I'm naming names. Bruce is naming names. These other people aren't naming names. They're not telling you where to go. So we have these targets that are on stage, right? Now, let's go to something else. Let's fast forward to the um, to the new age here. Do you have any comments on that before I move on here? Uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to point out that um, the, the other thing that uh, Putin has helped uh, do is uh, continue furthering the... Um, some of the illegal dealing, well, I say illegal, technically they're legal dealings, but some of the um, uh, terrorist organization funding, you know, that kind of stuff, uh, he's, he's supplied other country. He's still furthering that, um, that goal of control. I mean, you, you, you look at, um, as an example, China is using very similar tactics to the Soviets, right? What, are, what is their Belt and Road Initiative? What does it do? Exactly that. It goes in, exploits a country's resources. Well, I exploits. Um, it basically steals. Uh, it, it, it kind of uh, it strong arms them into, into allowing them to uh, steal the resources. Yeah, it, it's all the same thing. And then mm -hmm. they're trying to do that in the West now, as you're saying with Klaus Schwab. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's being had it. it, it he and Putin so... are not rivals. That's my point. No. Yes, I, I agree. Um, they're, they're on the same page. They're only made to look like rivals the, the same way, the same way Republicans and Democrats are made to look like rivals. You know, they, they, they grift and make money off of fighting one another. They're, they're not rivals. They're on the same page. They're literally on the same. It's one side of the same coin. They're the same thing. They, they just do it to make money off of you. And honestly, now that I think about it, that fits their agenda as well. The, the Soviets agenda, the grift. It makes sense why they would they would try to encourage and force and empower politicians to grift even more like this. And the whole thing in Ukraine, it makes sense. If you look at it from a sense of finance and you look at any time money changes hands, it's it's a um, it's a it's effectively a tax or a wealth transfer. If you look at it in changing hands like that, if you have a grifter that's lying to you. Right. And and saying Oh, you know, you 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 donate to us, and we'll continue fighting uh, against uh, abortion or what have you for the conservatives. And you send them money. You're reducing your wealth to pay a grifter who is then just going to stab you in the back. Ukraine, as an a, an example to this, this war that's going over there, finger quotes, is just not only paying off people like Zelensky, who's lining their pockets, but it's also reducing the funds of. Um, the U.S., as an example, and some of the other uh, NATO allies that are sending supplies over to Ukraine and reducing their ability to fight. It, it just I'm, I'm I, I can't that the F-35 story is still stuck in my mind as a this was not an accident. This was not a whoopsie. We had a malfunction or that other conspiracy theory where a dude was like, oh, the, some militia guy shot the plane down. No, it's not even I, I it's not even that. No. This was intentional. This was this was intent. This was a they did this to open the door so that Russia could do another invasion. That's all it was. They opened up another front. So now uh, they have their their escalation. So we got to continue sending weapons over to Ukraine. We got to continue doing it just creates more hysteria. That's all this is. Well, supposedly, there has been a peace treaty brokered between Armenia and Azerbaijan. My guess is, is that they've put the people in that they wanted to put in, and they've backed off. That would be my guess. Yeah. So yeah. whatever whatever attacks took place on that border clash overnight, they knocked the people out that they needed to knock out of the way, and all is right with the world, and the stage is set for a future conflict. Now, to that point, Bruce, I talked about one clenched fist a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago. 
Now, what is one clenched fist? That is where you will see a reconciliation between Russia and China, when in fact, they were never actually split to begin with. Go read, again, New Lies for Old, the Sino-Soviet split. It was fake. They faked the whole thing. Why? So the West would open our pocketbooks to the Chinese. We would rush in and build them up because we're stupid enough and gullible enough to do that. Now, what did Golitsyn say about convergence? Again, New Lies for Old, Anatoly Golitsyn, published in 1984. I'm reading from the book. After successful use of the scissor strategy in the early stages of the final phase of policy to assist communist strategy in Europe and the third world and over disarmament. Okay, so translation, they want the U.S. military out of Europe. They want NATO out of Europe. They want it blown up. They want it fractured, splintered, whatever you want to call it. They want a U.S. withdrawal from Europe. Do you know what that means? All of our European listeners, I'm not bragging. I'm just simply saying your national defenses have been whacked down to nothing across continental Europe. My country leaves. You're stuck with the Russians. The Russians will have you all the way to Lisbon. That is not a joke. That is not hyperbole. That will happen. All the people that are in your current politique now, all compromised for the most part at least the ones in power. The third world, let's look at South America. Let's look at Africa. Who's in charge in both of those places? Do I need to remind anybody? You just talked about the Belt and Road Initiative. And over disarmament, that means they want the West, mainly the United States, they want our nuclear armament gone. Why? Because they want to sit behind thousands of nuclear warheads and threaten the rest of the world to conform to their demands. So that's what all that means. A Sino-Soviet reconciliation could be expected. Could be expected, huh? Again, 1984, just a reminder. The communist bloc, with its recent accretions in Africa and Southeast Asia, is already strong. They've made even more concessions now, wouldn't you say? European-backed Soviet influence and American-backed Chinese influence could lead a new third world acquisition at an accelerating pace. Has it done that? I would say so. Before long, the communist strategist might be persuaded that the balance had swung irreversibly in their favor. In that event, they might well decide on a Sino-Soviet, meaning Russia and China, reconciliation. The scissor strategy would give way to a strategy of one clenched fist. At that point, the shift in the political and military balance would be plain for all to see. Convergence would not be between two equal parties, but would be on terms dictated by the communist bloc. The argument for accommodation with the overwhelming strength of communism would be virtually unanswerable. Pressures would build up for changes in the American political and economic system on the lines indicated by the communist bloc. Does that sound like what we're headed towards now? Oh, I would say so. Absolutely. Especially if you take the climate change initiative into it. Traditional conservatives, i.e. us, would be isolated and driven toward extremism. They might become victims of a new McCarthyism of the left. What's being pushed now? Oh, yes, exactly that. Again, 1984. The Soviet dissidents, who are now extolled as heroes of the resistance of Soviet communism, would play an active part in arguing for convergence. Think Bernie Sanders in that sense. Their present supporters would be confronted with a choice of forsaking their idols or acknowledging the legitimacy of the new Soviet regime. As I said with Marty yesterday, what we're really dealing with now is a Soviet China, more or less. They are stronger and more embedded in world policy and world economics than the Soviet Union ever was. And it is our fault for doing that, namely Kissinger. And Nixon is where that started. And I already talked about Kissinger. Now you've got Schwab in the mix uh, and the rest of these jokers. So that's that. Now, I will give you a chance to, to respond to that. Um, and oh, they also mentioned in here, yeah, we're probably going to bring the Berlin Wall down <laughs> you know, in 84. He said, that. yeah, we're probably going to bring that down as a deception as well. And that's how do you how do you say that? How do you explain that to somebody now? We're dealing with so many agendas and so much disinformation. We're dealing with with generations of disinformation and nobody wants to look at what's actually happening, where we are and how we got here. Nobody wants to acknowledge that. There's a big problem with the reason that nobody wants to acknowledge that or even take time to look at it. Truth is meaningless now. I mean, now to the average person, obviously, you you still prefer truth and like truth, right? If somebody lies to you, uh, you don't like that typically, so you still enjoy truth. But we're being conditioned, especially the younger generation, the, the generation that's coming up, the generation that's going to be hired for that... Uh, uh, um, Climate change, uh, what, what was it, the uh, whatever core? They the were climate calling? core. Yeah. Climate core, thank you. Yes. That generation, uh, truth is relative. Truth is whatever you feel. 
Um, if you, um, well, you, you, you know the story about the transgender. Uh, you, you can choose to be whatever gender you want. So because of that line of thinking, I don't think anybody cares about a part of that is, uh, do you remember the Mitt Romney uh, line that he had? I think it was in debate. It was like the, the, the 1980s are calling. Uh, they want their, their foreign policy back or something like mm-hmm. that. Well, we had the same uh, policy in the 80s of what we have now. So yeah, or at least yeah. the start of it. Uh, the, that mentality, though, is um, pretty common amongst conservative minded people. They think Soviet Russia is done. Like it, it's gone. It, it's not it's not okay. alive right. anymore. It, there's, there's an easy there's an easy counter to that to, to that point. I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interject and, and talk over you, but there's an easy counter to that. If somebody says that, if somebody comes to you and says, well, they're not a, a world power anymore, well, then why do they demand to be treated like one? Why do they still have a nuclear arsenal if that's the case? They seem to be doing just fine with those things. Yeah. Well, then they would argue, well, that's not Soviet Russia. That's just uh, whatever, Russia. The, the, the thing is, is um, did their mentality change? Has, has the Russian line of thinking changed? It has not. It, it, it's been the same. In fact, that's the whole reason that they were able to go down the road of Soviet, uh, the, the, the communist route, is because of their way of thinking. You still uh, have them in but, power. Like, they, yeah. they're, like Lavrov, Shoigu, Putin, these are all Soviet guys. These are all... Yeah. Like they're, they're all intelligence guys, military guys that they, they've yeah. been around since the Soviet era. Even 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 the advisors like we've talked about Dugan, yeah. um, even Dugan he and, is um, uh, Soviet. What's yeah, what's his type. name? Um, Petrushchev, Nikolai Petrushchev, who was in one of the cabinet meetings not too long ago, who was the successor to Putin uh, as the FSB chairman, not only in St. Petersburg, but followed him to the to the main office after that. So it's and it's speculated that if Putin were to be removed, then Petrushchev would take his place. But, you know, again, I'm, I'm just kind of I'm rambling here, but you get the idea. These are all these are all Soviet guys. All of them. Yeah, they're all Soviet. And uh, as we've kind of made the argument uh, already that uh whether intentionally or just by being a dupe, a lot of politicians are also Soviet um, at, at this point. Well, they're they're sympathizers, you know, they're they're um, yes. useful idiots or, or whatever you want to call them, whatever the you know the communist terms are for them. But again, okay, so you set that aside. All right, you're still not convinced. Sergei Shoigu, the Russian defense minister, is in Tehran now yeah. on an official state visit. That's not in our media. Why is that not in our media? That should be everywhere in our media. That's not being talked about at all. Kim Jong-un was meeting with Putin last week. Again, official state visit Vladivostok. Invited Putin to Pyongyang. Putin accepted. Again, not in our media. Why? Why is that not in our media? It's a fair question. It could possibly be that um, they're part of the propaganda arm of our government system. Uh I mean, yeah. And well, I would argue you got the the media's wholly compromised by the the Eastern Bloc. But China, China hosted... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Maduro from Venezuela. Hmm. We we yeah. watched the you know the official state visit from it the other day. It was all yeah. over Chinese state media. Didn't even touch our media. Nothing. Mm. Wasn't even a, an article about it. Mm. No, it didn't even. It didn't even have like there was no. You know this this reminds me. I had an interaction with someone. This is this is also the problem of truth. I had an interaction with someone. Now I understand what it's like for a boomer to have an interaction with a millennial talking about events that happened when they were a boomer, you know, like, like JFK, right? The assassination. Everybody in America knows about the JFK assassination. No no matter what generation it is, they have at least heard of conspiracies surrounding it, or they know of the, the whatever, right? They, they know of it. Okay. The most substantial event to happen in the last 20 some years, I would say probably 25 years, uh, at least, um, was 9-11, right? The, the Trade Center. There was a Zoomer that I interacted with that not only did not know the entire story, all they knew was a plane or something was uh, flown into a building and it like destroyed a building. And there was uh, apparently other buildings that were hit as well. And like half of the trade center was destroyed. And then they were they didn't even know that the that both towers were hit. They didn't even know the story. It, this is the coming generation that is. Uh, going to be hired for that uh, climate core. Uh, this is the coming generation that can't decide uh, whether they are male or female. Uh, this is... Uh-huh. I, I okay. Don't, I don't know what All to right. say to that. Okay. Well, on that point, uh, Bruce, you asked again the, the transgender thing. Okay. Who's behind that? Again, who's, who's behind that? Well, I just told you who was behind climate change. That goes back to 59, that we have documented 
hard documented proof of. 59 is when that was contrived. Took a few decades to get everybody in place in order to spring it on us, but they got it. And now we're at the end game of it. So let's take a look at this, All right, Bruce? This was a protest, a, a a trans rally in Dublin. I believe it's Dublin because it's you know got the Garda, you know the the police there in, in Dublin. And I would like to point out just a minor little detail here. I'll show you as soon as it it zooms in here. Obviously, this is the the protest area. You see, this is see if you can catch uh, it right right there. You you see that? You see that oh, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That, that yeah. yeah. Looks like uh, a linen. That's thing. linen on a trans flag. Yeah. yeah. And and by the way, um, you see you see these flags that are right above it here. You see those? Can you can mm. you make out what's on that? Yeah, it's a, it's a hammer and a sickle. You see that? And it's the oh, yeah. well, by God, that's the Soviet flag with a trans flag on the same piece of cloth. You see that? You see that? Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I. Huh. I, yep, that's a that's a good zoom in right there. You can really tell the hammer and sickle there. So that was uh, that was the first thing I actually noticed with this being a pride parade. The the first thing I noticed was why is there red flags? I, I didn't. I actually didn't see the linen bit. I, it would have taken me a, uh -huh. a, a, a watch or two yeah, to yeah. catch that because I was looking at the flags and going, wait a minute, that are those Soviet those are Soviet or flags. those? Those are those are Soviet flags. Those are indeed Soviet flags. That and ironically, that's literally where this agenda is coming from. I, I don't even know. Like, are these people? Of course, these people are that stupid. The same imagery they have there: Lenin, the, the the Soviet flag. You go and try to do this in Soviet Russia. You're not going to have the Garda out there allowing you to go and no. protest. No, uh, you're going to have Spetsnaz throwing you into a, a a van, and you're going to disappear if you're lucky enough to have that. Otherwise, it may be just it may roll tanks in, and um, they, they they have mass graves. Well, you asked what the driving force is behind it. Again, there you go. That's where it's coming from. So we have yeah, that. It, yeah, it, full well knowing that that's where that's coming from. But I'm 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 trying to ask questions for the listener. Like, sure, these are questions you should be asking. Um, you you should be asking where this stuff is coming from. Why? Anytime the media pushes a narrative, or they push as an example climate change or COVID as an example, you should be asking where is this coming from? Any major agenda. Left or right, doesn't matter. You don't take sides. Where is this coming from? How does this benefit me and my country, my state, my town, my household? Those kind of things. You should be asking those questions. All right. So I'm going to get to your surprise. Okay. So that was the pretext to your surprise, right? Because I, I answered your question. What's the driving force behind that agenda? Well, there it is right there. You just saw it. Plain yep. view for all the world to see. Okay. Now. Cultural Marxism. Yeah. Well, actually, I'll go a step further. You're not wrong, but I will go a step further. I will go Marxism-Leninism because Lenin yep. is the one that tailored the Marxist agenda to push all this other world revolutionary stuff. Marx talked about, to, to make the distinction, Marx talked about how uh, a revolution would be spontaneous in a country. It would be the working class rise up against the exploiters and then overthrow the exploiters and then the workers, you know, take charge. Just speaking in basics, because I don't want to get into all the technicalities of it never, because we just don't have enough time. We're actually over. But Lenin was more about tailoring that and applying it to a world revolutionary tactic and what you needed to do in order to achieve that. You have to make the distinction between just Marxism and Marxism-Lenin. I'm guilty of it myself, but you start getting into mm -hmm. technical things and specifics and all the rest of it. So I'm, I'm trying to, to be clear. But anyway, on to your surprise. That was laying the foundation for what this is. This is a, uh, a church in Texas, great state of Texas, Texas, in the United States of all places. This is the Cathedral of Hope. This is for you, Bruce.
Now, these are not younger people, as you can see in this congregation. These are older people in a church in Texas. I, I'm, I'm, so this is, um, I'm, I'm, I'm torn on what I'm, I should be feeling because it's a, so there, there's a gut wrenching, like grieving feeling at the same time that this is, that, that this is actually happening in a church. There, there's that feeling. Uh, then there's also the sheer anger, like this is absolute heresy. Where in the Bible does it say that you're supposed to accept, condone, or support someone in their sin? Um, no, you love people, you hate sin. That 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 is the basics of it. If people are doing wrong, they're doing. Uh, you're supposed to hate that part of. In fact, uh, people that were in the middle of committing sin, um, they were thrown out of the church until they repented. Uh, it, <laughs> this is we're supposed to be. We've been officially subverted. Is is my point here? You know, yeah, the, the, some the of Marxist the Marxist-Leninist, yeah, yeah, yeah. Marxist-Leninist agenda has officially subverted our our religious institutions. Is my point? Yeah, and and because of the deballing of Christians, God, can, do you guys not read the Old Testament? Do you guys not read uh, what the prophets did to people? <laughs> you know, the the God, it, 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 people were beheaded, were gutted for things less than this um the the old ways uh, of the old testament um you talk back to your parents enough times they literally stoned you to death like literally that was something they did back in the day um and and how now like just i'm not saying we should go back to those things what i'm saying is is look at how much has changed look at how much the bible does not teach you to be tolerant or acceptant of these kind of uh, of trends uh, we're supposed to be outspoken against this kind of thing. Again, you love the person. You help the person uh, to get them out of this. You don't sit there and condone it and then preach it in your own uh, uh, church. Oh, God, this is this is so it, it's just it's heresy. This this is well, I, I don't even know. Our foundations, but. our foundations here in the West are based in Judeo Christianity, right? So if we don't have a foundation of faith, if we don't have a belief in the everlasting, if we don't have a faith and a belief in a power that's higher than ourselves, well, then we don't have anything to fight for and to hold true, do we? No. And if you don't have, if you don't have, this is, this is an argument amongst uh, um, creationists and evolutionists. If you don't have a greater power, if you don't have someone holding you accountable over you, then nothing matters. Then if you, if, if, if moral, morality is relative, it's just whatever quote unquote society accepts and it tolerates. Okay. Then literal murder is not immoral. It just depends on, and, uh, well, look at our society, uh, literal murder. Yeah. It it's took us 30 condone. years before we could, you know, uh, get rid of Roe v. Wade. And it's still, you have people fighting for it. It's literal murder. And yet, uh, we're, we're condoning it. So, this is um, Texas. You you have so much cancer amongst you. You're riddled with it. You guys just went through an impeachment process of a, your AG who was found innocent of everything. And then they threw out the rest of the case. The, the I think they brought like 13 charges or 16 charges or something like that against him. Yeah, and three of them all. were thrown out. Uh, yeah. Guys, like... What are you doing in Texas? You guys are supposed to be the icon of freedom and liberty and that kind of stuff in, in, in America. And you guys are among some of the worst when it comes to freedom and liberty. I, I, as someone who lives to the north of you, as someone that is affected by your policies and your... I just get your crap together, please. We'll see you next week. Yep. We will go ahead and call this one done. So, Bruce, I'd like to thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone. Have a great evening. 